0: And by the way, Doctor, is mystery your sole pleasure? Young man, what could be more pleasant than mystery? Well, music, for instance. let of course. Music, for instance. let of course.
1: Feel on top of the world. Yes, 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 and we back, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in again to another episode of Orion Radio I'm your host Kia Orion, and today we've got a dope episode for you um, It's a currently uh, incredibly chilly Sunday morning for me, I'm releasing this, um, so you'll get this Monday It's uh, you know still the weekend though for the boy um, As far as uh, me, I'm good um, just been doing the damn thing, uh, music wise, I got some new stuff dropping, um, actually today, so by the time you're hearing this, I probably dropped it yesterday, I'm shooting, you know, it's a new year, new me type shit, you feel me, I'm trying to just drop a lot more music in the sense of, um, having it be more of a creative process, and just letting go, 2018 is the year of less fucks more experimenting i'm trying to get weird man i'm trying to push boundaries i'm trying to just try some new shit um so that's that's the kind of tip that i'm on um you can check out that song it's probably all going to be linked through through my soundcloud stuff like that i'm not going to be selling um much of it even though my guest tells me that i probably should be but since this stuff right now that i'm working on is all going to be mixed mastered myself um you know, it's something that I'm just. It's more for me to learn and grow as an artist, as much as it is for you know listeners to to enjoy and and give me feedback, stuff like that. But um, in terms of my guest this week, one of my biggest mentors, um, he he's been holding me down for the longest. Uh, he's a dear friend. And just uh, straight up, G man. Like you'll see when you <laughs> once we uh, once I, you get to the interview. I'm gonna keep it short for me just because this interview was so much fucking fun. Um, but his name's Jeremy Hawkins, J to the E, Big Germ. Um, I met him quick. You know backstory because we don't get into it much on there. But I was 19. I was wearing. I was nineteen. I was at uh, in college, and I was trying to get an internship at the Youth Advocate Program uh, downtown to work with teens. It was like for uh, it's a sort of a a program to empower you know youth in the city of Ithaca that are trying to find their way, uh, you know, in one way or another. So I was looking for an internship. I go down there. I'm wearing a flannel. I'm wearing cut off shorts. I've got like some hippie wristbands on. I've got this like floppy brown hat <laughs> and I pop up, I pop into the advocate program. I come in and I meet the director and uh, he's this big dude, maybe like six, three, you know, he's got the dreads. He's swagged out, um, you know, super friendly, charismatic. And I'm, you know, I'm this little white dude. I'm like, Hey, I'm here to, I'm here to do some hip hop shit. You know, I'm here to rap. And he's like, all right, well, let me you know, let me hear something. And so I, uh, you know, I spit some bars for him, and they were probably trash, but he respected. I think what he saw in me was that I was just, I had a lot of heart, and I was just very passionate about it, even if my shit was whack. But, uh, so he took me on, I worked there that summer, and then maybe two or three summers later, I came back, I wrote a grant, and um, from the public service center and uh, at Cornell, and we were able to get some studio equipment uh, for the program. So then I, you know, I got the the equipment, came down, we put it up, and then that summer I ran the program um, for, you know, that different kids would come in that would want to rap, I'd make their beats, I'd help them mix, um, I'd talk about the industry, all that sort of stuff. So he was really, um, you know, a big part of my my experience and time in Ithaca. And then I, after that, I, after my time, you know, and I graduated, I bounced, went to New York, and that's when I was working for Island Def Jam in AR. And he, he was a a, a good, he was a good, what's the word I'm looking for? Barometer, I guess, for some fancy shit. He just kind of, he helped, he, he helped he helped me keep my sanity he was he was the measurement i felt like i was losing my mind he was kind of my measurement of like what's real what's not because working in the music industry for me at that time, I don't know, I felt like I was going crazy, man, it was just, he'd he he he'd, he'd already had a foot in the industry, which we get into, in the interview, he was working out in um, in California, he was doing, you know, he was doing a big, and so he had, he dropped that knowledge on me before, but it wasn't until I actually had a taste of it myself, that I was really being uh, able to put two and two together, and see what he was talking about, where I was like, oh, okay, this is kind of, um, what's Tip say, it's, Rule number three hundred and eighty. Record people, music industry people are shady. So boy, but but and I was like, oh fuck, man, this industry is cutthroat for real, especially in New York. So, uh, Germ, he's he's just been one of those guys that, um, I I every time I go to Ithaca if I can, I try to link up with him because he's just he he puts up with my shit. We've we been knowing each other now, going on you know seven eight years, and. Uh, there aren't many people that will keep it real with you in the sense of when I play people music, they're you know, they're like, hey, it's great, whatever. But I mean, I I feel like I'm relatively objective and I can tell him like this stuff isn't good. But every time I come to Germ, he's got he he's got a great ear and he'll tell me, he'll be like, Yo, Key, this is cool, but I've heard it before. I've come to him with multiple projects and I'll be like, yo, Germ, what you think? Boom, I play it for him. He goes, Key, this is cool, but He's like, "I'm not I don't feel like you're being genuinely you or I feel like I've heard this before or I feel like you really could tighten this track up." Whatever. It's 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 good critical feedback that is more than just, "Yeah, I like it or no, I don't." And you've got to have those people that keep it real with you. There're going to be those people that just hate on your shit no matter what or maybe they don't really know what they're talking about so their feedback isn't great. And then there's people that give you good feedback. They're honest with you and they'll they'll big you up. When it is dope, but they're just gonna throw that praise out willy nilly, and that's what I really love about Jay's man. He keeps it so real, one hundred percent. And you know, he's a guy. He's the director of the Youth Advocate Program, but he also he's talk about diversified investments. He's got his hands in a bunch of different things. So you know, he's got multiple streams of income. We talk about it on the episode. He's he has a couple of things. I'll put it in the show notes too. That he's he's constantly working on too, um, like these different. Uh, kits that he's selling and he's also he does real estate and he sells beats yada 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 uh this man knows what the fuck is good give it up one time for my big man jeremy hawkins hawkeye productions on the motherfucking beat this is my interview with jay i hope you enjoy it thank you very much deuces
0: Microphone check one two how you doing? Today is the day of the days of the 11484. This is how we do straight up rap like this. W B L K straight up in your mouth. In your mouth, you got the mic checked. Yeah, I hate when people check my mics and they just be like one, two. Nah, like, speaking of microphone, man, let me <laughs> get the mic checked. Man, Mike, you good on the mic for one, two? Me and kid, that's what we do on the table like this on one, two. It's Holiday. a The whole world, you, know, you like, know, what I mean? Cold, hats, hat- coats, hat- mittens. Hats, hat- 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 coat
1: to hat- mittens. For those that don't know, this is the type of guy, this is my, this is germ, big germ, the type of guy, you know. He's a mentor. He's the type of guy got six different soaps. You know what I mean? Six (laughs) different bars of soap in the back. Sexy all over. Sexy all over. Sexy all over, no matter the occasion. Feet, belly button, ears, back (laughs) of ears, side of the nose, bro. All different bars of soap,
0: man. That's how we do it. We like to mix it up, keep it funky fresh all day. My man Key in the building. What's up with you?
1: Yo, if that wasn't an intro enough, (laughs) you know who the man is. Trying to told you. It's Jerem. Yo, for the people that don't know, the two or three people that have been slacking. You know what I mean? Okay. Tell the people a little about who you are, and what you do right now. Okay, just me, J to the E, yeah. no other
0: way. That's just be me, <laughs> Hawkeye Productions. That's me, J to the E, Jeremy. Been doing beats since I was about 13, 14. Was blessed to be able to travel this country and be able to you know, really lay some nice tracks down uh, for people. When I say beats, I'm into actually I'm um, audio production. I like making uh, audio beds, if you will. Audio beds for 30-second commercials, minute commercials, plugs, zingers. But I keep them funky when I'm making them. Um, Degree in it, audio production, Background, I play the drums, always been interested in music. I was that dude in, um, what do I want to say? I was that dude at your lunch table. Yeah. I, I was that dude beating on the table. That was me. I was your human beatbox. That was me. And I've been into this hip-hop thing for, you know, day one. So,
1: Jerem, with that, let's take it, before we get to present day, let's take it back to that, too, because that's something that I've, you know, I've picked up from you a little bit here and there. But as far as the, you know, superhero origin story when you were first getting into hip-hop, you know, when you grew up, where are you from? First, I'm what? originally
0: from Binghamton, New York, first, upstate New York. First
1: from upstate New York, Binghamton, and um, you grew up with both mom and dad? Yep, both mom and dad. Mom, and dad, What did mom and dad do? Uh, dad always had his own business. He worked for the state
0: also. Mom worked for NYSEG, New York State Electric and Gas. Uh,
1: okay, word. So yes. you're growing up with mom and dad in Binghamton. How does, you know, you're a young man, 13. 14 how does hip hop come onto the scene are are mom and dad playing it you got boys when mom and dad aren't there you're playing old records you know feeling like a badass how does how does the hip hop spark start
0: so we all know you know hip hop evolves from something so you know growing up you know my parents they're from the you know 60s 70s so started from the soul music being played Mm -hmm. in the house. All the soul music, my, um, my uncle, he was a drummer, so I was exposed to other stuff besides like the soul music, R&B, we had a little jazz in there, Dumb. little Miles Davis, um, just really like into music, abstract music, so I was exposed at an early age to a lot of different types of music, wow. um, a quick story, you know the boys, I grew up in the projects, um, mm. but I liked rock and roll for whatever reason. You know, quick story, they gave me a basketball because I was six foot, you know, in like the third, fourth grade, it (laughs) seemed like, you know, and I gave the basketball and I traded it for a Kiss album. That's dope. You know, because I was that's just into dope. that music. And so, you know, for whatever reason, it was just something that was always sparked to me. Yes, they had like kind of um, a big influence. A yeah. lot of uh, African-Americans did back then, because regardless of where you were at, there was music on. Yeah. You're getting into the car, you're going outside, riding to work. You know, it wasn't a day of the internet. So,
1: you know, people rock their favorite tape, album 100. all the time. The that's boxes, what they outside, did. Yeah. the whole thing. Okay, so that's actually interesting. I didn't realize that. So... At what point then, as soon as you said the thing about KISS album too, because I know you're into percussion, and there's maybe that, that even at that age, you're into the heavy rock and the drums, when do you start actually playing drums? Is it okay. around that
0: time? Um, Actually... You know, the second and third grade, I was just able to sit on that drum set and play that drum set. Ah. I couldn't wait until I got into the fourth grade because I knew that was the time you could pick between the recorder, <laughs> <Yeah>. saxophone, <laughs> percussion. But there was only a few people that can get picked for percussion yeah. because there was only two or three drums at the time. Right. And I was nice enough in the fourth grade that I was one of the ones that got picked uh, to play the drums. And I've been into
1: it ever since. Huh. Yeah. That's interesting. So do you remember... Uh, you know, circa 13 years old, which kind of hip-hop albums first made it into your kind of... Absolutely. Take deck, Absolutely, if you will.
0: all day long. First album we had was Criminal Minded by KRS-One. Knowledge reigns supreme over nearly everyone. Then we had Paid in Full by Rock Kim and Eric B. We also had one Dougie Fresh album, Lottie Dottie, that we played all the time, backwards, forwards, and it had an extended play on there called The Show, uh... The the, what was his um Roddy Daddy Dougie Fresh did something called the show was an extended play on there. It was like seven minutes and that's what we rocked. K R S one, um, you know, uh Rock Him and Eric B, the paid in full album, um, EPMD too, strictly business. So those albums came for because back then, one, you didn't have record players because they were they they cost money. But I remember my grandmother buying my uncle two albums, the K R S one and the um the Rockham and Eric B, and we just rocked them. Yeah. Then somebody bought, you know, a little radio, you know, vinyl record player, and it was on from there.
1: Do you, Did you have, grow up with siblings?
0: Yeah, um, yeah. I'm the oldest, oldest of six. So you yeah, closed a full I, house. Yeah, I to took change. flight, yeah. um, My youngest sibling was eight years younger than me, so.
1: Word. So you're growing up, you grew up in the projects in Binghamton?
0: Um, until the fourth grade until that we left, grade. and uh, we had a house built. Wow. Yeah. So we left the hood, but I was still influenced by the hood because my grandparents, all my cousins, everybody still
1: lived there. Especially that's a pivotal age, too, where you're growing up, you know, you don't even realize, but that's having an effect on you. So you're growing up, that's a full house. Absolutely. If there's a bunch of siblings and you're the oldest. So you, you know, you kind of got to pave the way, you know, whether that's good or bad. Right. Um, right. Getting into things. When you were growing up at that point, let's, let's go a little bit into high school, are you thinking at that point, Okay, I want to pursue the music thing. You're tall. You, were you trying to play ball? Where Where is your head at for middle school, high so, school, Jeremy? Because I am
0: 6'4, 300 pounds. You know, everybody's <laughs> destiny for me was to play football.
1: Yeah, big dude. So
0: I played for everybody else, all the wrong reasons. Yes, I was good at uh, it, um, but I always wanted to play the drums. I wanted to, um, I always, for whatever reason, I knew at an early age, I wanted to create sound beds for movies. Huh. Um. I wanted to make noise. I wanted to make abstract noise. I, I wanted to do something called a Foley stage where now, you know, technology it's easy to get like a bundle pack in which you have a whole bunch of sound effects. Yeah. Well, when I was growing up, we had Foley stages. So we made those sounds, you know. Uh. We made the sound of the the gun clapping Yay. by hitting two coconuts together. <laughs> yeah. We made that sound of, you know, you going into the um potato chip bag to get the, the, the crinkles. crinkles. Oh. And so, you know, I wanted to do Foley stage uh, production. That's Interesting. I always yep.
1: forget that there's the cinema element to it. Are you growing up, you know, a movie head? You were watching a lot of movies growing up or how does how do the movies kind of come You're, into that? Just I you know, I was fascinated. I'll tell that story. I took a
0: class called Theater Practical. High, in high school or college? Yeah, in college? In college. Theater Practical. Uh-huh. And so what that was it was like building the sets for like the theater. Uh-huh. And so I started to realize that you know there's a lot of space base between zero and a million dollars yeah. there's a lot of room if you're an audio producer
1: absolutely so it started
0: opening my mind to like other production instead of focusing on hip-hop r&b why not produce for the theater why not make sound effects cds why not you know create something for the symphony right. you know i'm a drummer play the timpani drums why not create that type of music so you know, I've always been into several different genres of music, yeah. so I kind of explored, was influenced, you know, my walks in life. Might meet somebody that'll turn me
1: on to a different style of music and then I'll rock with that, so I kept an open mind. Um, and so growing up, speaking of that with an open mind, talk a little bit about what's High School Jimmy like? Um are you are you a bad boy getting into dumb shit? Nah, we are don't you do that. are you a good guy Got a dad at home? Yeah. <laughs> you can't
0: do that. No, actually I was uh, would you call it a class clown. Uh-huh. That's what they were. One, I was outgoing, bro. You know, honestly. Um in my high school that I graduated for, there was only four black people in that school. What? There was four of us, me and my man Jay and uh two girls, Dana and Bridget. Um is this I, Binghamton? I, well, I, I lived in Binghamton, but remember, I moved out of the hood oh. and we moved. I moved to a place called Susquehanna Valley. Oh,
1: so high okay. school,
0: you know, for gotcha. me, man, I yeah. was I was in the drums. I was into the music. I was you playing play football. football? Oh, okay, so you know, I was dope because I was good at everything I did. Yeah. You know, when the band played, I was the one that's playing the yeah. drums. When the, you know, football team won, I'm the one that sacked the quarterback. Right, right. So, you know, I kind of just flowed through high school just fresh, chilling, dope.
1: What's the effect of, at that point, being one of four um, minorities in that class? Is that, are you starting to realize, okay, I'm different? Absolutely. I'm, I'm
0: big, big, big different. I was exposed to a lot more. I was exposed to several different environments. Yes, you have the hood and you're you're used to seeing things in your hood, your barbecue, your music, that you look got like you. the hood, love, yeah. this, that, and the other. But then by me going to that other school, I was exposed to, you know, cottages, <laughs> vacations, <laughs> how people really can live. <laughs> vacations, <Yeah>. boats. Um <laughs> yes. you know, I had a lot of different. Caucasian buddies that, you know, it kind of um exposed me to other things. Uh, okay. So, you know, just being able to see Here, please. No, no. Just being able to see like other things and being able to be exposed, you know, going on farms, going to, you know, you know, out of the country, in the country, going on vacations with them, you kind of seen that, oh, shit, life ain't really that bad, bro. Yeah. There's more out here Dude, than hanging on this block, absolutely. doing X, Y, and Z, because people out here having fun, living
1: life. Okay, so that's an interesting perspective, where then you're seeing that there's there's more out there. you see, seeing absolutely. How folks. Having that- to kind of, like,
0: readjust my format, understanding that, you know, I don't have to mean mug every day. Yeah. I ain't got to, you know be thugged out every day i could be happy i could be good and
1: you know life is good that way and that's how it's always been okay so you're senior let's take it to this point moving on a little bit you're a senior in high school you're killing it you're popular it sounds like you're outgoing doing football also doing music now spending a lot of time with high school kids, what are you thinking for yourself? As far as do your mom and dad say, Jeremy, I want you to be a doctor? Are you in your mind thinking, oh, I want to be a rock star? Or are you thinking I'm trying to play football? When that when when you're at those barbecues for family and you've got to come up with that thirty second monologue when your auntie asks you what you're doing after high school, where where does your heart? And I guess, what do you tell people? What what do you want to do at that point?
0: You know what? It, it, it's funny that you asked that question because it was one of them things. Um, I'm the only one, one in a generation of my family that's ever graduated from an institution of higher education. So those conversations were not conversations that were at your normal barbecue. Uh, not because nobody wanted you to go to school. Right. It's because generations before me just didn't really know. All they knew was like going to work. You know, you got to work to survive yourself. Yeah, I'm I'm the first person in the history of my last name, Hawkins, to be able to graduate from an institution of higher education. So those weren't conversations that I'm having, like I said, that were entertained. The only thing that was talked about was you got to have a job. You got to support yourself. You got to go to work. Oh, wow. So by me going to that other high school, I knew that there was more than life. Right. So regardless of what I thought about as far as... What do I want to do in life? I didn't really I, I knew, but all I knew in my mind was I got to go to school. Hmm. I got go to go to school because step. it seemed like everybody who was going to school other than the guys in the hood that were yeah. you know kind of doing something. So, I knew I was into the music. I knew I wasn't going to play football in school. Cool. And it was basically um
1: I got to go to school. I
0: don't know what I'm going to do in music yet.
1: Yeah. Um
0: but this is a good start. Let's let's figure this out. Huh.
1: Because a lot of high school kids now, when I talk to them, the sports thing for a lot of them, especially in guys from you know the inner city, that that's everything. That's mm-hmm. the dream. So a lot of them, and you all, all can't play professional sports. But you know, for you, who's someone who is excelling at, especially in a school where you're popular, or whatever. It sounds like you have a lot of options. That's why I was curious, sort of where you wanted to take it. So, how do your parents react when you tell them I want to go to school for music?
0: Um. You know, it, it, it's one of them things. You know, every dad wants his son to be a great football player. Yeah, I exactly. Guess. I mean, as long as long as I wasn't standing back in the hood, you yeah. know, drinking my forties every day or doing <laughs> yeah. X, Y, and Z. Yeah. If the kid got his dreams and he got his aspirations to be more, well, more power to you, brother. We bless you, and this is how we gonna do it. That's the same. so. Papa's. Yeah. Was, yeah like, everybody's good. Um. You know, because I was making a better life for myself. Cool. You know, they were probably kind of nervous at first because they That's, haven't yeah. experienced that higher education and. You know, I I still got that support. Yep, go to school. He's doing the right thing, so.
1: Okay, cool. So, now we'll transition. You go into college. Um, Are you living at home and commuting? Are you living at school? What
0: I'm doing, okay. Here's what I'm doing. That was a good. My first two years, I went to community college. Cool. Okay, so so the first two years, you know, maybe I wasn't mature enough to go away to a big university at first, so I started out at a, at a two-year college where I was fascinated. Mm-hmm. I always tell kids, if not anything, you got to go to college for one year. Why? Because there's just so much stuff. 100. You know, growing up, you know... <laughs> And in, in the early 80s, nobody allowed us to touch, like, their equipment as far as, like, their mixers or their beat-making machines. Why? Because this stuff was expensive. Absolutely. And only a few people had equipment. So we wasn't really exposed to, like, getting our hands and touching on it. Yeah. So to be able to go to a college and then they say, you know what? Here's a key. You got free reigns to touch all this stuff. That I really engulfed myself in college my first two years. Learned a lot about different audio production. Um, You're with
1: homies, probably at that point. Yeah, you spot. know, you know, in
0: in college, you formulate several several groups. You know, some rap, some techno, mm-hmm. some reggae. Everybody's kind of doing it in the '80s, so it kind of really got my foot like knee deep in um. Knee deep one in this in the music game in the hip hop game, but it also gave me an educational background to have knowledge to be able to say, okay, this is how this music is produced, this is where this music is coming from, yeah. and this is how you know what format, if you will, that it's in. All so, right.
1: are you making beats at that point? Are you trying to rap or is rapping? Has that ever been on the radar, or were you always just interested in? The production do you, are you where are you kind of in that process of creating your own stuff
0: so what happened was um those first two years of college everybody was running out buying fly dope clothes even when I was younger you know people were spending their money on fly dope clothes I was always into the audio bro so I was buying Fostech four tracks I was buying you know Advent speakers. I always had wires. I can remember my mother, you know, yelling all the time. He just had so many damn wires.
1: <laughs> yes. So you know, where I was
0: at was continuing to like get the knowledge of uh, the equipment, but I was also buying equipment what I can afford. Mm. You know, my first setup was a um, something called like a D- DPS um, DPS uh, 16 track um, mixing board. I had an ASR X Pro. I had a hard drive, and that was about all. There was no computer when I started back then.
1: So for us young folks, school us a little bit on something like that when you're making those when you're making those beats, because now we take it for granted. What's the process absolutely. of, like, to actually load samples or to make a song? Well, we wasn't band.
0: really, you know, I, I started out with the ASR X Pro, not an MPC. Uh, Our so MPC that, is known for sampling. Is that trigger pads? Um, that yes, absolutely, trigger pads. Oh, okay, it has cool. 16 active drum pads on gotcha. there. Sampling is not as enhanced as an MP3, but there was a lot of mistakes. There was a lot of raw sounds. There was a lot of original sounds. So you it know, it comes loaded with um, sounds? It came, it, it came loaded, yes, it did. It, oh, it did don't. come. It came loaded with sounds: uh, basic 808s, basic, um, you know, pianos, guitars. Nothing of caliber that you're listening to now. Right. But it, it gave it gave producers a way of creating original sound that you can't. Gonna, you're not going to be able to get back. Yeah. Producers like you know, a Timberland. He has his own original sound. Uh, Teddy Riley. He came with the Uptown Swing or the New Jack Swing.
1: Yeah.
0: You know those sounds that were created back then. They're not going to be able to be mimicked no more. Because those were original sounds. People on these new formatted instruments, these new audio of your will, creating like a path for themselves, experimenting, just doing real dope stuff on them. Um, Played around with like a lot of old school synthesizers. Uh. um, Not even samplers, just synthesizers where you can tweak all of the buttons to come up with a crazy sound. You know, experimenting, I don't know if a lot of people know, you know, the Beatles, number nine. Um, The Beatles were doing stuff with audio in the 70s that people still today can't catch up to.
1: I, I didn't even realize um,
0: Herbie Hancock uh, yeah. was doing stuff oh, back shit. in the 60s and 70s that people still haven't caught up to. Why? Because he knew how to manipulate synthesizers. Yeah. He knew how to manipulate tube synthesizers. Um, there was a group called The Art of Noise. Um, these were like all original raw sounds for new machines that were coming out. Where? Um, you know, when this new day and age when they're producing, you know, the MP's been out now 25, 30 years, right. and everything is internet based, we're before, you know, a mistake might be your dopest uh, hit. Yeah. And I don't even know if you know this or not, but our Prince's song, When Doves Cried, that was a mistake. I didn't know that. It was a mistake. He left the bass out of that music on accident. And the engineer did. And people began to hear that sound and say, I like that song the way it is. Uh-huh. And it was a mistake. So some of this dopest stuff out here, man, it was so mistakes, so they were so raw, amazing. but it gave the music that that, that feel that it needed Yeah. To
1: the hip hop feel. I feel like even now, since everything's done quote unquote in the box, meaning, you know, on the computer and stuff, that now it's becoming kind of trendy again to get the hardware, to get the this the actual physical pieces, the old, those things will they're expensive. Absolutely now because that is kind of the cool sound because you get this grungy kind of it, it feels very authentic, something that you can't actually make in your computer, you know? Absolutely. So.
0: And so you look at an instrument like I, I for the most part have I have a couple of my uh, my outboard gear from back in the 80s. Yeah. Um, my ASR, a Roland JV 1080. Um, one of the reasons why, because you're not going to be able to capture that sound no more. Exactly. And Sonic used to make the ASR X Pro, and Sonic went out of business probably in like 2001. <laughs> so you're not going to be, can't be even able to get, get, get those that. anymore. Um, you know, even the speakers that I use, yes, I do deal with KRKs, yeah. but KRKs back in 2002, they used to be made in Huntington Beach, California by two surfers. Then they started creating those KRK Rockets and getting them made over in China. Well, those Chinese KRK Rockets, they don't have them same sounds as those boys messing around in their garage creating this awesome speaker. Um, You know, the first KRK is just a deeper bass, just crisper sound. Um, You know, they they can't recreate. What what they do, you know, in this day and age, they try to interpret sound. But if you have a 26-year-old try to interpret the sound that I'm getting from 84, you
1: know, he only knows so much. So, you know, it is good to have that outboard gear. We were never exposed to that. So, all right, so then fast forwarding a little bit, at what point or do you graduate from that two year school, that community, and then go so, to another school? Or absolutely. What so, what happened was I did graduate from the two
0: year school, and then I went to a four year That was uh, Fredonia University. That's oh. up by Buffalo.
1: Uh, and, that, and that's when you're living on campus? Did yes, you say, Peace living on out, campus. Binghamton.
0: Peace out, Binghamton. Living on, living, campus, living on campus, college life, totally exposed to something crazy different. Instruments at my hand. Still in music. You're studios still-, still in music. Uh, okay, dope. But they got the radio station. Uh, they got the music library. They're, they got orchestras, choirs. They got studios for drums. And I was in my zone and now i'm just you know producing and okay, kind of cool. getting my feel so and, and, you know to be honest what happened was and you know the story you know i i, I was trying to produce hip hop on yeah. um, at first and i and i can and i'm good at producing hip hop but then i was exposed to the television part so that's you know it got uh, me interested
1: even at that age and for Dono, is that kind yep, of you have the television oh, okay. part
0: cuz you know i don't you know a lot of people don't recognize that everything you hear and see on
1: tv it has music behind and it a lot of money too yes Ooh, and i was
0: fascinated that. by that uh
1: the music behind it okay so that i did you did tell me that but it's still i didn't even remember that. Is is in this point too are you watching tv are you watching a lot of movies or you just realize that might be your your angle to take the music rather than trying to be a, a major mega producer for a rapper or something like
0: that um what happened somebody put me on the public service announcements so, Jeremy, you can get $1,500, $1,000 to write a 30-second public service announcement.
1: Uh, you got a good voice so for it, too.
0: So I wrote several public service announcements and actually got paid. Holiday Inn, I did one for, um, I don't I don't know, that was so long ago, a uh, radio station, an insurance company or something. Okay, I did see. a couple of public service announcements to draw awareness and attention to a fundraiser or whatever they were doing. Yeah, yeah. And I actually sold them. So I was like, okay, well, there's some money in this. Um, Mind you, and you know this story too, throughout this experience, you know, I've always dealt with the rappers from my neighborhood. We had a really good guy I was working with, Don Papo. Um, When Papo passed away, unfortunately, um, he passed away. I really got out of, you know, not out of the hip hop, but I got more into like the
1: business part of this music industry. This is a story that I've always wanted. Can you take it from the top with the Papo story? How do you meet Papo? How does that even? Oh. How, what's the journey behind? I I, I kind of I've known the story from after he passed, but how do you meet Papa? Where where does that even start?
0: Quick story, bro. I graduated from uh, after I graduated from college, Fredonia, I moved back to uh, Binghamton, New York. Living and, with mom and dad? Uh nah, bro. I was actually on my own. Um, I was a bouncer throughout, you know, my experience through college. Oh, okay. So, so I bouncing. saved up a couple of dollars. And you know, I always had a way to get a couple of dollars. And so what happened was I came home, I was working at AIG, American International Group, suited and booted, <laughs> oh, hating it daily,
1: <laughs> dying. It. Yes, you nine know, to five.
0: Um, you know, I went to work one day and I picked up the phone, and said, Hello, this is Jeremy. Can I click? Hung up the phone, and I left. And so at the time, my uncle had a clothing store. It was like, yo, dude, you just graduated school, this, that, and the other. You know, here's the clothing store. You can run the clothing store. So I started running the clothing store. Right. You know, unfortunately, my uncle, one of my uncles at the time, he had just got out of jail. Mm-hmm. My uncle was like, yo, I met this guy in jail. He just got out. He's nice for real. This, you're in the music. You're doing X, Y, and Z. He's nice for real. I right, set up the meeting. Let me meet him. So Don Popple, at the time, he was homeless staying at the Salvation Army. He came into the clothing store and my man spit, he spit eight bars. And I said, Whatever you want in the store, you can have, bro. <laughs> Me and you gonna rock out to this together, man. Whatever you, whatever he was nice for real. A lyrical genius, man, lyrical writings, man. I'm just talking about just the metaphors, the storytelling, how too, his man. delivery, his attitude about it, he was serious with it. He's telling a life story, and it was so real. And so me and him, you know, even though he, he was a hood cat, yeah. so he's still on the block. And, you know, as he's still on the block, I'm, I'm moving through college, getting jobs, just learning, like, educating myself on all of, um, educating myself on all this music stuff. Like I said, getting to know the business part a little bit more.
1: Okay, so, so you and Don Papo then, you meet, he spits those quick eight. How what? do you, how do you then start? making beats or working together because no. you, know, you have some sick recorded tracks how does that so sort of develop what happened
0: like I said that um, I worked into the music store I'm excuse me I worked in the clothing store yeah. what was cool about a next door Italian guy named Jason he was trying to start a little you know a little uh, vinyl record business mm. selling he had a couple of pieces of equipment in there and so I kept going over there next door next door to the point where Jason was like this ain't working out for me I'll sell you my equipment for little to nothing Oh, so boom idea. now he sold me the equipment now me and don Papa were in the house every day for the next two years oh shit and we're creating um you know local hits we're, we're starting to you know get a following and it wasn't like you know this new day and age where you can utilize like instagram Absolutely. facebook no we had to get out there in the streets if you were nice in binghamton and you were on that block rapping well here come jeremy and Papa. and yeah that's what it was and we was going up there to battle here go my beat on cassette tape Papo,
1: spit that. <laughs> oh, that's so
0: dumb. And we were intimidating. I would say we were because that's how nice he was. And what was crazy about it, the chemistry that we both had together as far as my production and his voice, it just meshed yeah. where people were looking for that next hit. And so what happened is Don Popple and I, we slowly started to evolve into something. And I always tell people if he didn't die... At uh 24 years old, keeping it real, oh, had a heart man. condition, was drinking, smoking, doing the forties, not taking care of himself. Yeah. He fell out. If he didn't die, I tell people we, you you would have seen us on TV. That's
1: crazy. So, he died at 24, man.
0: Yeah. So that's when um uh, Don Poppo and I stopped um working together, and that's when I moved to Southern California, and that's a whole story within itself. Okay.
1: So so that that's kind of the next chapter that I want to get into. Before we get into that, as far as Don Papo... Just to wrap this chapter up, so you're at this point, you're 22, 24, somewhere in there? Yep, early somewhere 20s. In there, yep. You're yep. early 20s, Papas are 20s. You're running the clothing store. Yep. You're making music with, with Don Papo, making a little bread maybe for parties here, this and yep, that. Yep, there you go. And then your kind of momentum kind of comes to a grinding halt when, you know, R.O.P. Papo, uh, things don't work out for him. You, At what point you say, okay... My main artist, this guy and friend, probably because you guys are close homies, right. dies. What inspires the move to Cali? Are you like, you know, I need to get out of here and move to where the music is for real? What kind of sparks that?
0: Because every time, you know, you go back to your hometown, you become comfortable. Yeah. I I was bigger than Binghamton. I needed to get out there and expose myself to a bigger market.
1: Like and- Cali.
0: Excuse me. I had an opportunity. Uh One of my uncle's buddies was out there Uh working for uh, one of these NBA players and was like, yo, dude, you got to come out here, see what's going on. You got a degree in this stuff. So, you know, I took a leap, bro. And they told me, gave me this information on like a Monday. And I was out like that Thursday, like packed up my whole life and in to New York, college, whatever, left everything behind. I was on a plane to California. That's
1: crazy So yeah. you say Our mom and dad Like Jeremy This is crazy You don't know what you're doing You're going out There's a strange nah, go uncle Go out and invent your the, life oh, bro well, experience okay, is be- cool. It's so better than getting, been, getting
0: caught up Staying here Getting yourself into trouble Doing something you ain't supposed to do 100. Go out there and experience life And that's what it was
1: Dope Okay so let's jump into that chapter So you move out there Young man Early 20s You've got a little bit of production You've got some records now With your boy Popo Okay And and so, or do you end up working for an NBA player, or do you get suited and booted again? Just kind of make ends meet. What's what's the situation like when you first get to Cali?
0: You know, being young, you 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 know, you always have this chip on your shoulder. I don't need anybody. Well, you do. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're not from California. What well, you do? Okay. <laughs> so what happened, bro? I didn't want to ask nobody for nothing. Right. So I got suited and booted, man. Yeah. Okay. I got suited and booted, <laughs> man. So what are we working at and, this point? And I went back to selling insurance, man. <laughs> Mind you, my degree is in audio production at the time, even in college. I had uh, work that I've done for Holiday Inn, a couple other public service announcements. I did something for Holiday Inn. So I had accredited work and i um, uh, I had to get suited and booted, man. I had to go back to selling
1: insurance because I didn't want to ask nobody for nothing. So what's the, what's, as a guy who's in that grind of a little bit of chip on the shoulder working these crappy nine to five dead on jobs, what's what's the gig and where is it? What's the okay. what's the insurance gig? What's it look like? We you? were selling,
0: a, it's called Survival Insurance. It was in Hawthorne, California. And what it was, it was an insurance brokerage. One of the things that I did like about the insurance brokerage, it was like a natural hustle. The more you sell, the more money you do get. Uh, Great team of people, man. To be honest with you, that was my first time being in an office environment or, you know, any environment at this point where the majority of people looked like me. And it was a oh. very diverse Working environment where I didn't mind going to work, bro. Really? (laughs) I didn't say that. Yeah, I didn't mind getting suited and booted. So, because we were having a good time, we were clowning, joking, talking about music. So I would work there, still come home. I'm producing now in California. Just you know, Uh. public service announcements. Um, just trying to get my name out there. Yeah.
1: Are you um living in a one bedroom? You have roommates? No, I I live with my uncle. You know, I was fortunate to go out there living with uncle. Okay, cool.
0: And so, what was cool about it? Is then I, you know, I, I left Survival Insurance and I went to a place called Harbor City Insurance. Mm. And so what's cool, the guy said, you know, I like your voice. I know you're into this music. Yeah. Why don't you do music on hold for us? So what do you mean? The whole, like the whole music? Uh, the, the music on hold. Oh, that's so, so then I created several pieces for insurance company. Hi, thank you for calling, you know, Harbor Insurance. Your customers will be with you in a minute. And I said, yo, this pays. He dropped a check on me. It was a couple of racks. I said, F rapping. (laughs) I'm going into the business part of it, bro. Yeah. Um, Yeah, you know, Insurance Center Associates, I did that. Then he started putting me on to his buddies.
1: How long are you selling insurance when you're in Cali at this point? You living with Unc?
0: For about I say
1: about about two years,
0: about two two, years. two and a half
1: years. And living with Unc the whole time. Unc's Unk's yep. Li- living you, with Unc the whole um, time. With him? He's good cool.
0: relationship. You know his boys out there working for an NBA player. You know I'm not gonna name call, but that's Craig. what it was. Yeah. And so they gave me I got an opportunity doing something where I was able to produce um, a 30 second piece for Blue's Clues the cartoon mm. off a hookup that I got. And my check was about $26,000 for 30 seconds of music, okay? So that was one experience. So I'm hyped now. I'm a star. I live in California. This is what it is. Then I got something doing trashy lingerie, which I did them a couple of tracks, and I got $600. So now I'm super hype. Then we had a meeting with this dude, my boy Mario. He was a studio drummer and a drummer at the time. We had a meeting with this dude named Phil, man. Phil was in Burbank, California. And Phil told us a whole bunch of good shit that we wanted to hear. And when we left Burbank and riding through California, bro, we thought we were the shit. And uh, that's when I found out you were only as good as your last job. Yeah, Yeah, I bet that. You're only as good as your last job in this industry. You know, you have to keep um, relevant. You got to keep going. And yeah.
1: And so at what point... You're doing the you're doing the music. Do you end up quitting the 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 nine to five gig to just do these jingles because you got twenty six G's now? What where nope. you kind of at you're, with you're, working? You're only
0: stuff? as good as your last job. You you get twenty six thousand dollars in California in February, and you're in Southern California. That 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 might be gone in about a month and a half yeah. if you're trying to keep up with the Joneses. Right, I guess right right. Are you, you trying know, at this point? You at that point? Because I got older now. You know I, I'm good now, but at that point, man, I'm fly. And you know it is what it is. I'm in California. You, you keep up with the Joneses, so that amount of money, and you and you and you don't know because you're still young. Right. It's a small amount of money.
1: Yeah. It, it's strange because at my where I am in my life right now, I that if I could do anything, I mean, you can make 26. Gs, it's huge. But I know um, I read Kevin Hart's autobiography not too long ago, and he was talking about getting like multiple million dollar deals for these holding deals. But he talks about how quickly in California, like you keep up with the Joneses. Absolutely. A, a couple mil can go by. You know. So 26. Like you said that's a month or whatever um so the next step then are you um you're still doing the nine to five still doing the nine to five to do insurance but also yeah. working the music on the side working the music um do you end up are you still making beats trying to work with rappers or are you absolutely trying to the, the, uh, still the,
0: making beats man understanding that california sound because they're down to like honestly they're into like the g-funk yeah. they in the funkier sounds
1: what's popping at this point like circa
0: uh as far like, as music yeah is it- um, I th- I think that's when the Snoop. Honestly, I don't want to sound too cliche, but I think that's when the Chronic album, right? Uh, what is it? In the early two thousands, the y- Chronic yeah. album came out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the G thing. Uh, I, it was it was a while ago, but I I, I hooked up with this guy named Hollywood Keith. And Hollywood Keith reminded me a lot of uh, Don Poppo. And so he got me inspired to get back in there to start pounding on those beats again. Mm. And so I just started working with a lot of local artists after that, too. Mm. So
1: Any of them dope or kind of make... Hollywood
0: Keith. But it was one of them things where, you know, as I'm getting older, I'm really starting to see how the game is going. If you're not honestly putting in work in yourself... Um, you know, anybody can rap, I always say this. Anybody can make beats. It's all going to sit, you know, in your room. So as I get older, I'm big on not wasting my time. Yeah. I know this stuff. I'm skilled at doing it, but you're not wasting my time. Yeah. So, you know, it's unfortunately for the next, you know, after Hollywood Keefe, he had a family and stuff. So he needed to be able to provide for his family. Right. Everybody after that, to date, almost really... A lot of people waste time yeah. not realizing the amount of work that it takes. Not, you know, anybody and their mother can rap, but but can you sell albums? Are, are you willing to do what it takes to be able to, you know, get those hits nowadays and be able to be versatile and sometimes kind of sell your soul to do yeah. this stuff? So, right. you know, music has always been a passion to me. Regardless, I always tell people if I never made a million dollars off of this, it's something that's it's like an aesthetic. It's what I love to do. Yeah. It's my medicine. Yeah. So, you know, I'm still playing the drums, still producing, and um, on the back end I always know I'm going to sell my audio library once I'm done. Word. Um so
1: you know working for that. And so at that point in your life are you um it's strange cuz it's so different from from who you are now that that Jeremy that, that is trying to floss and you know be cool and whatever. When how many years do you spend in California total out there? About 7. About seven, 7 7 8 years, uh, yeah. So around the the latter end of those years are you do you end up missing family? Do you end up thinking, you know what, this, I want something else? What kind of starts to then, you know, kind of ruminate around in your mind of wanting to then leave California? Is there so, an event or no, something, or just well, sort of a slow there, there, build? There
0: was, there was a couple of things, man. Um,. As far as California, when I first moved, when I first got off the plane, I looked around, I said, nice place to visit, but I wouldn't want to live here. Something just about the aura there, man. I I just, you know, it seemed like all the rich people lived up on the hills and everybody else just lived in the middle. So what happened was after, you know, several attempts numerous attempts to, you know, get my foot really, really in the door, um I you know, I did realize I'm only as good as my last job. Yeah. And one, I'm not working just to live out here. Right. Meaning, like, I'm not getting in that nine-to-five hustle, suited and booted, just so I can work and live average. Yeah. So what I basically did was took everything that I knew, all of my knowledge. I had some dope equipment back then. And, you know, I, I'm upstate, upstate from the heart. Um, Got my stuff back here. And, you know, it, it was a foundation for me to... um start building off them. Right. That's what I'm big. I keep saying, you know, I'm laying foundation, laying yes. in foundation. So, you know, I became a certain age where I realized that you're going to have to build off foundation. It's unfortunately, it's unfortunate that you're only as good as your last job yeah. and you can't really, really get your foot in the door. So you have to come back and build off your own foundation. So once I started building off of my foundation, things started opening up. I started getting into more of the um, understanding the business part of it. Yeah, Buying a couple of houses where I'm able to like be comfortable and where i'm producing now right. and being able to kind of like send my production in ways i need to send them in because i'm kind of okay and i do work that nine to five still but it's not as you know i work with the kids exactly so,
1: and that, um, that's something i wanted to get into too was how do you go from you come back upstate when do you end up focusing because i i met you when it was already grown man jeremy you're already on you know right. that that type of that that, that tip so when when you go, you know what I want to do some more like non non-pro- not non-profit, but sort of youth-focused Absolutely. stuff. So then also the folks that don't know, Jeremy's the director of the youth etiquette program here in Ithaca, um, and I met Jeremy when you were already the director, and this was coming probably up on you know seven, six, seven years ago at this point. So okay. you, how do you even get your foot in the door, and then how do you? Let's start there. How do you get okay. your foot in the door with the youth work when you come back?
0: So what happened was. With my experience in working, getting suited and booted, yeah. I knew what I wasn't gonna do. Oh
1: yeah, <laughs> that's an important. I'll tell you, you for the people out there know, know what that I'm, too. No, what what you I, don't. You wanna know, wanna I do,
0: do need to get paid, but I'll tell you what I wasn't gonna do. <laughs> I'm not putting back on them church shoes and that noose around my neck. Yes. They call it tie right. tight ass pants going to work. So I'm like, what is there something else? You know, yes, I'm gonna still do my music on the side, but what can I do that I'm gonna be, you know, happy doing? It has an so impact I, on people. I, I more started looking yeah. up jobs and working with youth. And so you know. You
1: already have the dreads at this point.
0: Yeah, I've been rocking my dreads, uh, shit, bro, twenty five years. Okay, word. That? So, so even Since in the insurance, like, you were doing the dreads. Eighty nine, bro. Eighty okay. nine. This was a way of life, man. We'll talk about that another okay, way. Okay, okay, okay. This Maybe ain't, that, no, ain't no, ain't no hairstyle, two. way of life, brother, oh. way of life.
1: So that's podcast number two. So when okay. you come when you come back upstate, are you? Uh, are you hanging with family in Binghamton before you get your feet back? You know, or are you coming to? Did you settle in Ithaca? How'd you kind of when you come? No, back I from came. Cali, I, I came from Cali. Yeah, and
0: I didn't go back to Binghamton. I moved right to Ithaca. And how did you choose Ithaca? Um, there was an ex. There was an ex girlfriend involved. Moved back ah. to Ithaca. Had a house up here and just started uh, moving from there.
1: Okay, so you there was an ex that was in Ithaca. You came up here. Um, what's the first job you get when you come back to I Town? Let me
0: see. I always had, you know, I always been hustling, man. So, you uh, know, just it. to be honest, I, you I know, I always got something going on, man. I had an adult website, bro, uh, um, okay. Selling, okay. selling adult toys, uh, lovepeacesex.com. That was bringing in a couple of dollars, but uh, there's too many boxes coming yeah. to the house. So it's like, <laughs> yo, man, you can't do this in this neighborhood. But it was all legit, bro. So I was like, yo, what can I do? So just I started Googling, you know, youth programs, found uh, a youth advocate program. Went down there, you know, spit my game, and kind of got hired on the spot.
1: And and what was the capacity you were hired in from the gym? Um, youth advocate. Youth okay. advocate, yeah. So, because I feel like you'd be good. I feel like you'd be a great advocate. Um, yep. Obviously, great director, too. But I feel like it, they were like, we need people with this life experience. So, can talk that's to what happened. Kids. And so... Are they breaking off you a little bit of bread or is it enough to sustain you or are you still kind of just enough hustling?
0: to sustain you, bro. Okay. Enough to sustain you and you know worked work the youth advocate job for about eight, nine months. And I was killing them out here because I knew how to work with the population. Right. Then they got promoted to a uh, director. Oh, wow. So yeah. you went
1: straight from youth advocate. You went from an advocate of the state 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 of I'm sorry about this, but I want want to into some some state talk a little bit. Um, what, What's the scene like in Ithaca as far as, uh, you know, the shape of youth at that point? And, and, you know, I know that there's constant tension between different populations in Ithaca, okay. you know, and that's something we can get into or not. But um, when you're kind of peeping game around Ithaca, are you like, this is a cool place. I could I could do this. Are you thinking there's an opportunity for me here that I, I want to stick around? Where's, where's kind of your, your head at? So my thought
0: process was, you know, you come here, a lot of intellectuals here. Then, Mm -hmm. you know, Cornell College is here, Ithaca College. I don't know if you know this. What is it? Like the number, the third or fourth best school in the country you can go to for communications. So Ithaca College was up here. A lot of good, interesting stories about, you know, Missy Elliott, Jodeci and them guys recorded up this way. A lot of wineries. There's a lot of uh, gorges and water. So one thing I was, I had peace of mind.
1: God you know, we don't huge. have traffic
0: jams and all that other crazy stuff, minimal violence. So I had a peace of mind because being in Southern California, you know, it was always the rat race, bro. Absolutely. You're in the rat race. You're growing around this wheel. So once I came here, I had a peace of mind where I said, you know what? I have time to think.
1: Mm. I feel that, that leaving New York City, I felt the same way when, when you're like, you don't realize sometimes when you're in the rat race, kind of the effect it has on you until right. you step out and you're like, oh, wow. Like. You don't. You become calloused. That's Absolutely. the person you start your emp- and realized when I was living in New York, it affected me, my empathy, so on and so forth. Um, and so you're like, okay, I'm starting to relax a little bit. I like the gorgeous. I like how beautiful it is. Mm-hmm. I can stand the cold. When you're working at youth advocate program, um, <clears throat> when in, you're working with the kids, you first step into that director role. Um, are you thinking? You know, I think I can be the director of this program. Is that something that you realized? You thought you would stick around to stay in? What What are you You feeling at that point?
0: One of the things, man, I always say this: kids don't ask to be born into this world. And so, one of the things, you know, I'm big on helping kids. You know, giving somebody an opportunity. Somebody gave me an opportunity to come to California. I'm big on giving people because we all helped each other. It'll be a better world, right? And I'm big on helping people. So why not help the kids? Because. You know, they didn't ask to be born into the world. A lot of them are, bo- are born into shitty situations. So if I'm able to give them some tools, some skills to be able to, you know, have a little bit better life, you yeah. know, it, that that's a cool, funky job. Yeah,
1: Absolutely. And so, with the director being able to sit around hours, stuff like that. Yeah, a, l- a
0: lot of perks with it. You know, we got a studio at the office, so I'm always active, still yeah. recording, always still listening to music. And, uh, yeah, that's where it is. When
1: you first come to Ithaca, what's, what, what's music? What's, what are you slapping at that point? Is it like, what what's in your tape deck? Or CD player, I guess. You know, I, I, I smile, man. It's, it's been
0: so long ago. I want to say, shit, I want to say Bone Thugs and Harmony. Uh, <laughs> you know, I I'll always stay to my old school. I'm not quite sure, man. What is that? Damn near. Uh, 14, 15 years ago. What am I rocking?
1: So around, I guess, around 2000, yeah, Bone Thugs. Somewhere. I'm
0: still listening to, you know, my KRS-One, my Buckshot Shorties. I'm still, I'm old school, man. I'm listening to, um, you know, Trigger the Gambler, Smooth the Hustler. Another big one was Master P, man. Master oh. P, on um, the Ghetto Dope came out, man. We were rocking that for a minute. Um... There was so many just original artists, man. Your EPMD, your yeah. AZ's, of course, your Jay Z's. So
1: you got the dope, um, you the know, dope. Your, your your Big Daddy Kane's, yeah.
0: Fat Boys, Run DMC, Old Heads, man. Are uh, leaders of the new school. I was big on um. What was it? Buckshot Shorty and the Boot Camp Click.
1: I don't let be honest, I know very uh, little about Buckshot that. Buckshot
0: Shorty and the Boot Camp Click. They were the first dudes to rock backpacks. And i, I put that on them. They came with the Tim's rocking backpacks, mm. and they were called the Boot Camp Click. Word. And they were nice. You know, they were just nice. Um, you know, Helter Skelter came from yeah. Buckshot Shorty and the Boot Camp Click. Um, you know, we're talking about Granddaddy I.U. Just, you know, New York has so many wonderful artists, bro. And though it was crazy, everybody was individuals. Big Daddy Kane didn't sound like the Fat Boys. Fat Boys don't sound like Buckshot. Buckshot don't sound like KRS. KRS don't sound like, you know, AZ. AZ don't sound like, you know, Dawson Effect. I was rocking them too. Dawson Effect don't sound like Heavy D, you know? And it was just such an array of really good music, so... It could have been several things back then, well, right. you know. It sounds like, yep.
1: man, you were, you were still...
0: Yeah, there, a, there was an array of music, that? bro.
1: Good music, too. So so that's so that's something I want to get into, too, a little bit of the music now. So you're coming to Ithaca, you're doing your thing. Um, and as far as the music goes, while you're... Yeah, are you still thinking... Are you still then trying to get your placements? Are you still trying to work with artists where... Where are you thinking the music... Are you still drumming? Where are you kind uh, of thinking the music's going? I definitely like?
0: definitely still drumming. Definitely still drumming. Once I said, you know what I said? I got, I got a peace of mind. Yeah. So now I do things um, at my speed. You know, yeah. it might not get me where it needs to go right now, but I do things at my speed. I'm always consistently submitting to different, you know, record labels, production houses. Um, consistently um, submitting.
1: um. You know, and to touch on that, for my up-and-coming producers listening to the show, because this is both to help me but also other folks, what recommendations would you have for people who are trying to maybe – who obviously everyone wants to be Timbaland but like for something if you wanted to break into something like you said you were submitting things where do you look to submit tracks how do you you know for those that that are interested in it okay watch this
0: there's there's two things and I'm gonna be honest with you it's not what you know it's who you know Mm. okay so this day this day and age you can get at them cats that you need to get at because why you have Instagram you have LinkedIn and I'm going someplace with this so you know you do your research online so if i'm trying to get at little uzi vert a little yachty of course they're not gonna they they might answer my instagrams but i want to see who their managers are i'm gonna google search their managers okay and then i'm going to google search them again and see if they're on linkedin see if they're on instagram and all their contact information's there you know and this is an old school trick bro um, I don't care if I'm calling you 70,000 times and it's annoying the hell out of you. As long as you don't tell me no and leave you alone, I'm going to call you 70,000 times and annoy the hell out of you because I, it, it really is persistence, bro. And you really got to be in them places that these cats are at. Younger dudes, you know... I'm not really into like submitting to the younger cats. I'm, I'm submitting to more of the television right yeah. now. But you know, you identify who, who is their managers. All the information is right there online. Try to formulate um, relationships with um, managers. You know, I'm not gonna lie. Have your girlfriend try to formulate um, a relationship with the manager because I don't know if he's gonna talk to Kyo or Jeremy, but he might talk to you know Kim. Right. Um. Just because that's just how it is. That's how it is. And so really identifying the key person. Don't beat yourself in the head, you know, sending your shit out everywhere if you don't know who you're contacting. That's because huge. there's music supervisors, there's music directors, and those are the people, you know, a they do it to an extent now, but there are people like the directors, the music directors, and the music supervisors that you can get your work to. Um, actually, being out there too, man, that that doesn't hurt. Yeah. You know, instead of going to the you know festivals, and you know, we wasn't going to the festivals getting drunk and partying. I was going to festivals and looking how to get behind
1: the stage. Mm. Yep. Okay, John, drive- some gems on that. Yep. They, um want, because
0: you know, money. a lot of people go to festivals. What did they, they, they want to get turned up? They want to do X, Y, and Z. Right. No, I need to go over there and holler at the security. Yo, what's going on, big man? I used to do security, <laughs> this, that, and the other. What's up with you? Former yo, let me holler at my man. That's my man, my cousin, these speakers. You know, really trying to just formulate relationships and get behind stage, even if the conversation's about speakers. Right. If it's the conversation's about bouncing. Yeah. Yo, my man, my boy just went back there. So shit, 96. Um I tell the story, and this is a true-ass story. You can ask my boys from Bingleton. About 96, 98, we went to the Up and Smoke tour. That was with Ice Cube, um, Ice Cube, tour. Tupac, um, Snoop Dogg. My boys was like, Yo we were looking for you, next thing we seen was four security guards carrying you across the stage, because I was back there, bro <laughs> yep, yeah, four oh, security man. guards carrying me across oh, the stage God. you know, bone thugs, and you know, everybody was playing, man because why? I needed to get back there man, because everybody was back there so, <laughs> get,
1: get, get your networking on yeah. that is, that's a gem, man right there, yeah, it's, the, it's about networking and relationships and so, also for those folks because, I, you know, I wanted to get some of your some of your um, experience in, I promise i won't keep you too long but also some of your input on um for those that that are interested sort of how to because that's a very unique angle that you take as far as things like submitting to tv or movies which i know you've, you've given me some gems right for those that are interested in getting into that game what recommendations do you have
0: watch this biggest gem i'm gonna give you never accept no for an answer Oh, you tell me no, Kia. Well, I don't need to talk to you. I, you, I need for you to me. And <laughs> another, you have to be persistent, man. You got to be arrogant, man. Unfortunately, you got to yeah. be, you know, you are confident with yours, man. You're not gonna tell me no, because if you tell me no, I don't need to talk to you. I need to speak with somebody who I need to talk yeah. to. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's being persistent, bro. Mm. It's you know, everybody's gonna send things over the internet, but you know, if you know like a group is coming to you know your town, you know they're gonna be in town. Don't just go to the show. Yes, go to the show, but you 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 know you. You want to possibly get behind the stage, see who they're walking in with. Hey, bro, I do X, Y, and Z, man. Yo, get us a listen, man. Always be prepared, man. You only got one time to make a first impression. Mm. I carry USBs on me all the time. I'll hand somebody a USB and be like, take that, bro. Uh Holler at me. My contact information's
1: on there. Just got your hottest stuff Yeah.
0: Okay. Um... You know, just, just being out there around where people are doing this type of stuff. Sure.
1: And to switch it a bit for the young folks that come at you that want to be rappers, things like that, I know you probably give this advice 100 times a day. Um, for, young, for young folks that are interested in the artistry side of it, not, you know, in as a vocalist, what recommendations or advice, you know, now as a, as a guy that kind of, I'm sure, encounters 100 rappers, you know, right. trying to spit, what advice do you have to them as far as for them trying to get on?
0: The biggest thing, understanding what you want to do. Anybody can rap. You, you see it every day on Star. You see it on YouTube. You know, you got people's mothers rapping, little badass girls rapping, yeah. little, you know, Caucasian dudes with pink dreads rapping. <laughs> Anybody and their mom can rap. So with that being said, understanding that, what do you want to do in this rap game? Mm-hmm. Do you know, do you want to follow suit? And, you know, put on a clown outfit, which is okay if that's what you do. You do your lit, turn up music. But understand this. What's going to separate you from anybody else? Yeah. You know, are you are you staying true to the culture and you just spitting, like, straight hip-hop, old-school fire with bars? You know, how are you going to get that music out there? You know, having a big understanding about how are you going to get your music out there and what's going to separate you from anybody else? And what are you willing to do to get your music out there? Mm-hmm. And what type of engine are you going to do to be able to even get your music out there? Mm-hmm. Um, Very important. Him. you know because if you looked at cats we already talked about him like a, a macklemore yeah. who where he came to cornell what several years yes. ago he didn't have nobody really you know come to the show and you know he's a caucasian dude so he doesn't look like a street hood rapper but now look at him Absolutely. so you know you have to look at his um you know, what it was his engine. You know, the engine is that Instagram, you know, finding your audience. I always tell people a lot of money between zero and a million dollars. Everybody wants a yeah. million-dollar paycheck. But what about a $150,000 paycheck consistently <laughs> four that. or five
1: times a year? <laughs> yeah. You know? I, I, absolutely. And and to touch on that, I want to keep you forever too, but um, I'm glad you touched on that as far as the Macklemore and, and the, you know, being a white guy who's myself, you know, into hip hop what's your take on that as far as white artists big artists like Macklemore or you know Sam Smith Azalea that are sort of in this hip hop space you know as a guy who grew up you know in the generation what's your sort of take is there a place is there not what are they doing right wrong Nah, music is
0: uh music is for everybody, bro. There's always a place for for everybody. You know, it's just your preference, man. More power to them that they can create this niche in this game and that they can get compensated off of it. You know, I don't knock their hustle just for the fact like I said, music is for everybody, man. It's love. So if you're bringing something to the table that people want to hear, yeah. You know, you should ask, you know, if ask you know certain people why don't you know evidently a lot of people want to hear them or they wouldn't be these superstars so they're creating something that excuse me people want to hear so you know, I mean, to me, it's fine. You know, there's there's enough room in this industry to eat for everybody. It's how are you going to create your own niche as opposed to hating somebody? So you have, you know, Macklemore coming out, Iggy coming out. You know, they've identified their target audience. Yeah. And like I said, there's a, there's a lot of money between zero and a million dollars. So if you can't, this is called the World Wide Web for a reason. <laughs> because it's for the world. So if this is what you do and you can't get, you know, uh, I 100,000 people from all over the world to listen to you you know you might want to recalculate your format or, <laughs> yeah. or you know figure out what engine you can do to be able to get to where you need to go and understand this and I tell a lot of artists this too and you especially sometimes you can't do all this stuff yourself sometimes you got to be the creative person and if you have a boy do your social media pages because yeah. social media is big on you know getting your name out there you know, sometimes it does take one or two people. Everybody that you see that's in this industry right now, they got a team behind them, bro. Yeah. And the bigger your team is, the, the more powerful you are, Um, the more arms you have, the more channels you have to be able to get out there and, you know, get your
1: st- stuff out there. A hundred percent. As far as um, giving people some takeaways for the podcast, what, and these are questions that are, you know, these aren't, they're kind of rapid fire, don't feel like you okay. got to. You know, take a million, but just sort of first thing that comes to mind. So um, one thing i like to ask folks is what is some of the best advice that you've ever been given and who gave it to you?
0: Some of the best advice that's ever been given. One of the things, man, one, you can't take this personal. Yeah. Understanding that everybody's going to get on the big stage, mm. but you can be on a stage. You know, that came from a gentleman by the name of David Robbins. That's Uh, dope. You know, not everybody's going to be able to be, be on a big stage, man, but there's a lot of small stages. So, you know, if it's something that you want to do, you know, there is room out there for you. But, you know, you can't jump in everybody's lane. You know, if everybody, if the traffic is congested in the right lane, why are you jumping in the right lane? Why don't you try a little bit to the left and yeah. see how that works out for you? But also when you um jump over there to the left, understanding that, uh you know, a lot of people won't understand that. So, you know, it, it is a tricky game. Yeah. Um. But, but understanding that you can get on a stage, depending on what stage you want to be on.
1: That's dope. And yep. as far as your advice, for young artists, myself included. Um, that, you know, some gems I'm sure you dropped over, me, mm-hmm. over uh, me over the years. What's some of your biggest advice to young folks that are interested in pursuing a career in something music?
0: You, you got to continue just to do it. Um, and understanding that you know, especially with this music industry. And, you know, we this is another conversation with itself because I teach music, too, to the kids in the facility. But with this music, you got to continue to do it. Understanding that not everybody's going to be a Jay-Z, but there's room for people. You can, you know, have kid people, a lot of money in the... Kids music, public service announcements, theater music, you know, there's a lot of B-rated movies out there that people are doing music to the B-rated movies. Have you ever thought about getting your music submitted into like a B-rated movie or even a blockbuster hit, you know, just being able to get your music in there? Um, But you have to be persistent and consistent in sending your music out there don't just record your music to leave it on your um, you know dresser I always tell a lot of people and understanding okay you might not you know fit into you know you're selling out arenas but you might fit into you're on college tour right you know that's consistent college tours are big you're opening up for people you're getting your name out there you're writing music for other people you're submitting music to um, you know children's cartoons you're creating an ABC one, two, three song that all the kids are going to love from kindergarten to the second grade. There are guys out there right now that are making big, big money. Um, You know, a lot of them are making bigger money than some of these rappers by creating kid music, bro. So there's avenues. You just got to think about um, what your avenue look like. To run with that as
1: far as, say someone... Say someone's never even thought about that before and said, okay, I want to make music maybe for, like you said, Blue's Clues or something like that. Some kids show that's, I mean, Blue's Clues was popping back in the day. I can see why right. you know you get those checks. How do you even start going about putting the music, how do you get the music into the hands for folks for something like that?
0: Um, what that was, that was a hookup. It wasn't what I knew. I, uh, I, I knew somebody. Gotcha. But those people are out there. You know, it's just you going to where they're they're at, Mm -hmm. you know, identifying their information over the LinkedIn, over the Instagram, you know, seeing if you can set up your own meetings. And if you're persistent, you know, and your package is nice, then, you know, there's always that chance that somebody can bite. I always tell people outflow equals inflow, meaning Mm -hmm. if I'm sending out a hundred things. You know, I, I I might get one back. Yeah. But if I send out a thousand things, I might get ten back.
1: Yeah. Send
0: out ten thousand things, I might get a hundred back. Yeah. But if I send out a hundred thousand things, I might get a thousand back. Outflow equals inflow, so it's what you put into it, how you're getting that music out there.
1: Huh? That that I think is a really good piece of advice too. Is just in the sense of you can't just bank on your one song no. that's gonna supposed to, and you hold on to it so tightly for years and years, thinking it's gonna be a hit. You gotta make make more music and. You 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 definitely got to make more music too. You got to understand how to market
0: also too. Marketing is big because you just don't want to give your music away. So if you're not if you know if you don't have a mixtape fan base, why are you giving that music away? So sometimes you got to crawl before you walk. Mm. You might just need to focus on one or two songs and ride that song until it can't be rode no more. Right. You know I always tell people that Panda song by Designer. That song was out maybe two years before it hit. Yeah. You know now you don't really see him no more, but he took that song out. You know for two years and was just trying to shop one yeah. song, then now the one song hit, now, you know, everybody starts to be interested. Um, I, I always tell people, don't give music away. Don't give a lot too much of it away.
1: Huh. Yep. Okay, and so what's your take on new artists, like designer, these sort of new generation, like we mentioned before, young white kids with pink dreads? What's your, who, who's in your ear these days? Who do you like? Where's sort of your um, prediction as far as music for the future? I feel like you've always kind of had a good finger on the pulse of what's going on.
0: Okay, so we got two different uh, things going on here. Are you talking about the new, new generation or or, or the new generation? Uh, We'll do
1: do new generation.
0: When when I'm talking about new generation, you have to think about like when the Drake came on, the Kendrick Lamar and the J. Cole. They 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 did their thing, they stayed true to the game, their lyrical written and spittins was enough to catapult them into superstar status. Yeah. So now you get the new new artists with your little verts, your little um Yotties, your Migos, your Chief keef's, yeah, uh, your G herbals and all them guys. What's so are we talking on? about the J. Cole's and the Kendrick's, or are we talking about the little yachtis? Let,
1: let's do let's do new new. Let's, Migos let, let's and, do Migos, okay. G Herbos, Okay, who, okay. Who, have you heard? Because I you know, with talking okay, out, a lot of them like G Herbo and and okay. I, I've heard some her about songs, like, where's your kind of mind with those?
0: My mindset with those is, you know, I commend anybody that can get their music out there to the masses, and masses want to hear them. Huh. I also got to understand that my preference might not be everybody's preference, but I can't knock that hustle. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm really, you know, I, I really got into, like, listening to little Uzi Vert and seeing what he was talking about. At first, I didn't like his presentation, because to me, it seemed like he was a little bit too cocky, but... Uh, You know, I contradicted myself because I told you that's how you have to be. Right. Aggressive. Um, You know, I'm I'm liking some of his wordplay. I'm liking some of his... um
1: interesting sounds you know like
0: some of the sounds the Migos yeah. man them cats carved their sound to the point now okay it took you a while to get the little bad and bougie but now you know they, they've crafted their own sound so regardless if you like how their flow is or their lyrical content they're, you know they're, 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 they're selling albums you know one of the biggest ones Chance the Rapper man yeah, how he's winning change? a Grammy and he didn't even sell that mixtape he gave it away so between Chance the Rapper and Little Yachty their marketing is unreal Little Yachty has a deal with, um, I believe it's what, Banana Republic? Yeah, or um, Nautica or something. Car- uh, Banana Republic yeah. or um, one of those groups. So their marketing is crazy. Chance the Rapper made, you know, tons of money on his Kit Kat commercial. They got Cardi B you know I can't knock her hustle. It is what it is. Yeah. Within a year and a half, two years, she got you know a number one song breaking Lauren Hill records, and now she has you know and, and new artists understanding that everybody's not putting their eggs in one basket. Yeah. So all these artists that we're talking about, they also got other ventures out. Cardi B just signed a deal with um, Tom Madden or John Madden right. shoes. Yeah, the yeah. Design shoes. So. You know, because they
1: got eyeballs on us. These new
0: generation, I I feel that you know, they're marketing, they got clever marketing skills. Um, might not be my preference as far as every song where I'm gonna go out and rock that album, right? But I really can't knock that hustle, man, because you're showing numbers, yeah. You know, you're showing numbers. Cats have been in the game for however many years, aren't even showing, so I commend that them on their work and that many people want to actually listen to them yeah. so they must be doing something right 100% yep.
1: Um, I agree with you that sort of entrepreneurship angle even if it isn't necessarily just the music is like super popping it's like right. they still have these other avenues
0: as far as yeah as far as like if you want to sell as far as business if yeah. even if the music ain't popping they're still selling Right. they're doing Target commercials like A Sprite these yeah, so I can't, I can't hate on that because they're getting a check.
1: As far on the other hand, whose music these days are you really? Do you really bump? That you think is dope?
0: Okay, okay, okay. Right now, right now, new, new, new. I'm listening to Dave East. Dave is Dave hot. Dave is dope. I'm listening to Dave East. That you word. know, I, I hate to say this, but my boy, uh, Jada Kiss. I didn't give Jada a full uh, a, a fair shot when Jada came out because when Jada came out, that was the era of, you know, your biggies, your Pac. Yeah. So we was like, yo, little man, you hot, but <laughs> I'm listening to Biggie Pac. Now, where we don't have none of them true rappers, Jada, I'm listening to all his stuff now and he's nice for real. Yeah. Um, continuously look at. <laughs> You know Kendrick Lamar I'm into um, You know R&B Miguel um, Oh Miguel's dope Miguel what is it called Gold Link Or yes, th- those Gold new Link's, guys Gold um, Link's
1: dope Miguel uh, uh, um,
0: August see? Alicina I like him a lot Yeah he's a a- r August R&B United States, true to the game, where you know, uh, uh, Anthony Hamilton, music soul okay, child, okay. you know, Mary J. Blige, yeah, but uh, yeah, a lot of different things I'm listening to. Bro. Okay, cool. Yeah. So
1: you still throw back a little bit? Throw it back, bring yeah. it
0: back. You know, some of these new cats, the Tory Lane I listen yes, to. Yes,
1: Tory Lane's is dope. Yep. Yeah. Okay, and so, um, as far as do you do you read? Nice. As far as do you read like read a lot of books? yeah, do you do um you know you know what I read though I don't read like
0: novel type of books. I read like manuscripts in instructional books to kind of learn shit.
1: okay, so so school me in the listeners a little bit. what are some books or manuscripts that you've read that you think would make either good gifts or they'd be like, yo, if you haven't heard about this, this helped okay. me out a lot.
0: Um, my and you know I apologize because I forgot the title. There's there's a book by Russell Simmons, man, and he's talking about how like you know he 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 rode Fat Farm to the wheels came off, huh. meaning that you know if you had one idea, how to really um how to really ride that one idea and never give up on that idea. Mm. So there is a book by Russell Simmons right now. Always, you know, Happiness in, in, in a Hard World by the Dalai Lama gives like a lot of good information. Just how to maintain your head because when you're out here, one, one, Musicians and artists, kind, of, they, their thought process is kind of different. Yeah. Okay. So we feel and we're kind of emotional and we see, a, think kind of different ways. And you know, sometimes life and society can throw some curveballs at you to kind of get your thought process distorted and kind of give you anxiety and stress. You know, it's it's called, uh, uh, um you know, living in a beautiful world and a hard life. By, it's about a Dalai Lama, but it really talks about how just to maintain your peace, just having an understanding. The way in which I walk, how I walk is because I have a certain level of peace inside me. I'm right. not going to let you get to me to take you off, take me off of my, um, you know, off of my game or off of my track. Yeah. You
1: know? so, well, that's huge. And that's something I think resonates with you is you're comfortable. And actually, I'm looking, you know, if you can wait one
0: second. Yeah. You're asking me a... Uh, what books am I reading? I'm actually reading this one right here
1: now. I'm actually teaching out of this one. Teaching oh. Out of that one. It, oh, this is dope. It's a book that's called Rhyme and Reason: A Hip Hop Tool for the Classroom, and it's got it's got a, a white dude with a snapback on, and it says, "What color is hip hop?" This is so interesting. Urban Leadership Institute. What do you think of it so far? I really feel like. Do you like agree with it? With with, with their ideas. I, it's, it's
0: it's one of them things, man Like I should have wrote it Yes So, you know it, That's, you know I, When I look at it I'm just like I should have wrote it I could have wrote it yes. And I'll probably rewrite it You know uh, You know It's touching based on a lot of stuff That pertain to me And uh, the people And, you know It's really in layman's terms yeah. It's not really that hard um, But, you know You know I, I give it to who, who put this book out because it is touching key elements on you know this music industry how hip hop started and did you someone know.
1: gift it to you or did you um
0: yeah no. somebody actually gave this to me because I am teaching a class um you know just to kind of get some ideas of you know I talk a lot of, like a lot of real stuff in our class yeah. but this just kind of gives me backbone um you know a couple of things I could take out of here anything to give uh, more information is good oh. so
1: so two things I want to get to before I get, and then I'll let you out of here um the first one is. Uh, as far as a guy who is into music, but also like you said, a businessman first and foremost. Whether it's adult websites, whether you know, whatever. What are and I'll put this in the show notes too, as you know, uh, so we can promote your different businesses. What are your recommendations as far as businesses that you're currently investing in that you see have a future, and what are some things that you are currently invested in that that you have found to be successful?
0: So my biggest thing is property. You know, I have Mm. several properties, so I just continue to build off my properties. Um, But you know, the website, man, the e-commerce is big right now. You know, e-commerce is big in many different ways when which one, you can sell your music, you can sell your apparel, you can sell, you it's know, whatever whatever, there, whatever it, may, it may be. You know, right now I'm working on something called the Rescue Signaling Kit. Um, you know, after a natural disaster, you know, survival is one thing, but I need to be found. So right. it's the Rescue Signaling Kit. You can check that out at rescue uh, signaling rescuesignalingkit.com. Um, I also have several um, websites that I'm actually, uh, what am I doing with them? Website. Domains that I'm kind of online, and we're auctioning, auctioning them off um, as we speak. Um, you know, I sell on eBay. You know, I, I I produce. You know, I you know I produce all the time, and I'm always you know trying to send something out. I just keep busy, man, and I don't overwhelm myself. Yeah, I I, I stay within my range, but it's it's a consistent and it's a healthy movement. Um, you know, I don't I don't want too much on my plate. Yeah. Um, I focus on one or two things and then ride them hard. You know, now next week I'll give myself, you know, I'm only going to focus on these three things, whether if I'm picking them up still from last year or I'm moving forward with something yeah. different, I'm only focusing on two or three things and I'm honestly going to give a hundred percent to all three of those. So Word. stay in focus, knowing what you want to do, beginning, middle and end.
1: That's actually not a bad idea because yep. uh, I, I think sometimes myself, I get so excited about these different, all these different projects. And then I try to. Take on too much, and none of them get done well. Absolutely. You know, instead of focusing on a few. All right, so a couple last things, and I'll get you out of here. Um, as far as uh, this is a bit of a personal question, but it sounds like you've got a good ground. But as far as doubts, or do you have any reoccurring nightmares of things that that you still do struggle with? As far as um, something that that has that eats at you once in a blow?
0: No. Um, My thing, you know, I, I always say like this, everything happens for a reason. You know, uh-huh. it, it, it's funny, and I smile on this, because one reoccurring, uh, it's not a nightmare, if you will, it's just a thought. You know, everything happens for a reason, and I honestly believe that if I got on a long, long time ago, like on, 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 like <laughs> yeah. all these guys, yeah. I probably would have hurt myself, because I was too immature, Yeah, you know, getting lit, turned up, right? party. You, you're a young kid, and you got all this money and not knowing what to do with it. So, you know, my walk of life, man, is a representation of, you know, just a good good spirit, and, like, I don't have any regrets, you know? I always tell people like this, man, if I never made a million dollars or even a dime off of this, it's just something I like to do. It's an aesthetic. It's like a healthy lifestyle yeah. for me. So, you know, there, there, there's really no regrets, man. And I always say, you know, maybe it is a good thing that we didn't sign a huge, huge contact, Don Poppo, contract, Don Poppo and I, back in, you know, 91. Because I was kind of wilder back then, yeah. you know, young, full of energy. And, you know, it probably could have got crazy right. with it. Yeah. so you know I like I said I've been building our foundation the last several years and I'm at a point now where I kind of can feel like I can direct this Um, I can direct my destiny that's dope meaning that I get a lot of money for teaching music mm. you know I could throw a beat over here or over there to somebody yeah. get a couple of dollars if I need it to be and I'm working at my pace and I'm good with it I'm good with it
1: Jeremy, I think it's a perfect place to yep. sort of end it as far as what is next for you and where can the people find you what what you got in the works T- tell me a little bit of the hip hop class tell me a little okay. bit about the um, the online stuff if people want to get involved with your businesses or your classes what, what you got going on okay
0: so right now what I'm doing right now is I teach um, at a youth facility for a maximum security prison for kids mm-hmm. under the age of 21 I teach music up there twice a week in McCormick yes uh, no that's actually called Finger Lakes Residential oh. up in Lansing New York what? I'm uh, the director of the youth advocate program I have several properties I'm a landlord I currently you have um, one website the Uh, like I said it's a signaling kit go there check me out I'm selling survival gear on there um, I also am on auction on GoDaddy we're selling a lot of different um, domain names unfortunately um, you know I don't have those particular URLs right here right. Um, but they're on GoDaddy you can google search me under Jeremy J-E-R-A-M-E last name is Hawkins H-A-W-K-I-N-S I can be found on Facebook I also got my redneck gangster clothing line hey. uh, for all the hip hop fans out there. Redneckgangster uh, dot com. We have redneck gangster sites um, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter.
1: Um, if somebody wanted music from you, how would how would they go about maybe getting? Beat best way would it? be
0: face- Facebook. Facebook inbox me Just so you can hear What's going on yep. So let me tell you What happened is I, I don't have like Your sound clouds anymore yeah. Because you know Like I said I'm big on not wasting time So a lot of people Everybody wants to be rappers But if you're serious About what you do You'll figure out How to get in touch With that person You need to get in touch with mm. So
1: Yo Ladies and gentlemen
0: that's what it is. Thank you're, you. It's been a pleasure. My reverse. man, Kia Rowe. was all Yo. good just to Kia Rowe. i let him know. It's a cold world out there, so wear your hats, coats, and mittens. That's how we do.
1: Yo, 1212. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Check your all right. Time. Thank you. Peace.